we thank the team this morning? What a great job. Don't we have a great worship team here as a church? Week in, week out. They just do such a good job in leading us. And I love, I love Sundays. I love coming together and being able to, to praise God together and hang out with one another. Drink great coffee from the 115 Collective together. So good in there. If you haven't been yet, I've been several times already. Get back over there. It's good. I'll be right there after the service as well. But uh, we're continuing this morning in our, in our series, I Choose. Uh, how good has Pastor Michelle been over the last couple of weeks uh, leading us through this? She's awesome. I, heard, I wasn't even here last week. I heard great things from tapping about how good that message was. So, so thank you, Pastor Michelle. But I love this series and I love what it speaks to us as people, that we, we live with choice, don't we? we we're, not, we're not robots. We, we don't have to, we're not controlled. Our, our relationship with Christ isn't robotic. He doesn't force us to do anything, but we live with the power of choice. And uh, this morning, we're going to continue in this series, I Choose, and we're looking at the subject of discipline over regret, that we would choose discipline over regret. Now, I've got to be honest for a moment. When I uh, saw that this was the topic that I had landed on, I immediately tried to jig things around a little bit and, and try and give myself something else because I am not a disciplined person. So I'm looking at this, I'm like, how do, you, how do I preach on this? I'm not one of those people that springs out of bed in the morning and immediately begins to think, how many things can I do today? I uh, wake up in the morning and immediately think, how many times can I snooze today before I'm gonna be late for my first appointment or uh, miss the staff team huddle in the morning, which is, tends to happen if I snooze too much. Uh, you know, I'm not a disciplined person by nature. It's not my go-to. It's not what I pride myself on. And so as I saw this, I was like, oh man, I know where this is going to preach on this. I'm gonna have to learn some lessons in my own life on this one. I immediately knew it would be painful. And so as a result, that's exactly what has happened. Uh, I've learned some lessons along the way. God's been doing something in me uh, to help me, you know, become uh, a person that chooses this idea of discipline over, uh, you know, regret. And, uh, you know, it is kind of one or the other. We know that. And, you know, uh, as it's been New Year's, I love doing something like this at the beginning of the year because we're all making choices, aren't we? We're all making uh, choices for the year. We're all looking at what, what this is going to be for us, what our goals are going to be, what we want uh, out of the year. Often we're farewelling a year. If it was good, we're kind of celebrating. If we're, we're not, we're kind of kicking it into the background saying, good riddance, this year will be different. And uh, one thing I tend to notice, I, I love a bit of social media action. I love just looking in there and really I just like seeing what people are up to. I find people are more honest on social media than anywhere else because they're posting their photos. And, nah. But you know, I, I love social media and I love being there. And one of the things that I've seen a lot and you see this all the time, but I saw it a lot particularly uh, this year, and it went a little something like this. It's 2017, new year, new me. And people are like, you know what, uh, this year it's going to be a new me. I'm going to be different than I was last year, new me. I'm going to delete my social media account. I've seen that a lot. And then five days later, I see this suggestion, and it's someone going, you should have followed this person. And I was like, I thought I did. I thought you deleted your account. And, you know, I'm going to join the gym. That's the most popular one. Uh, you know, gyms love January because people walk in there. I was even talking to someone after the first service, and they're like, I signed up for the gym. And I was like, come on, you can do it. But, you know, it, it's pretty much a donation, isn't it? You sign up in January, and then you don't use it. Uh, I've been there. I, uh, I, you know, gyms are sneaky as well because they know this. And so you go there, and you sign up in January. This is the year I'm going to get fit. And uh, what happens? You kind of don't go. And I found I was just making a donation to my local gym for, for probably a good 12 months uh, via direct debit, funnily enough. And... I decided I didn't want to give them that donation anymore and I wanted to be a good steward of my wealth and, and invest it into other things that were 
worthy of donations, not gyms. So I, I gave my local gym trainer a call and said, hey, buddy, how are you? Just letting you know you're not going to see me ever again. He's like, I haven't seen you for a while. And I'm like, never again. Uh, I would like to withdraw uh, my regular donation to your organization. Uh, could you please take me off the direct debit list? And he used this phrase on me that was really clever. And it was, I'm sorry, sir, I can't do that today. You're going to have to come in in person and cancel that membership. And I was like, oh, you. And so I hung up. And about a month later, I actually dragged myself in there uh, and you know, it's a great moment of shame walking in, knowing uh, I was dressed a bit more like this than in my gym clothes as I, I went and saw my friend and cancelled my membership. But it's good because they're not getting my money for free anymore. But this is tends to what happened is we go new year, new me. And I was looking actually uh, early January, I was just chilling out on some social media and I saw a couple of images actually that I found interesting in regards to new year, new me. And here they are. Can we put up the first one? And I love this. It describes it. New year. New me, 2017 is the year for change. And uh, come January 5th, we see our friend there in, in some bad shape. And then I saw another one, and this one probably resonated with me a little bit. New Year's resolution, expectation. And I began to envision myself in an in a NBA singlet, heading down to Warwick, Legend, Warwick Stadium, all fit and healthy and ready to go. But reality is, there's me watching Netflix on the couch with the remote control resting in a nice pushable uh, position without even having to hold it. But the reality is, this is often where we find ourselves in life. Not just at New Year's, and it is a little bit novelty, but we find ourselves going, you know what, I wish there could be something different about my life. Here are some things that I would like to change. I would like to be more fit and healthy. I would like to be a better family person. I would like to spend more time with my children. I would like to do better in my job, I'd love that promotion or that next thing. I would like my house to look like one of those homes on better homes and gardens. I can see some people getting distracted by the, by the images on the screen, so maybe we'll take that one off. Uh, but, you know, the, the reality is we all have things in life, and we look at it, and the wrestle is, this is what I want, and this is where I am. And I believe that the thing that stops us sometimes from getting from where we are now to where we want to be is this thing called discipline. And I hear about discipline, I think, you know what, it just means I have to be boring and I have to tick all the boxes and I have to do all of these things. And as I read this, I'm like, I'm not even remotely disciplined. I don't even enjoy ticking boxes. I just want to sleep in all the time. I've got a one-year-old son. All I want to do every opportunity I get is have a nap. Uh, so there is nothing about me that wants to be disciplined in many areas of my life. Having said that, I have goals and things I want to do and achieve and realize that I need discipline to get there. And I was looking at this definition of the word discipline, and I, and I love the way this is uh, kind of described it. And it says this, it says, discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. Let me say that again. Discipline is choosing between what you want now and what you want most. And this is the tension that we live in. We all have things that we want, that we need, that we aspire to. That we all want things out of life. Everyone wants to be happy. Everyone wants to live a full life. But there is this tension between what we see in the distance and the very realities of what we face today and tomorrow and the next day. And discipline is our ability to choose now what is going to get us what we want most. 
And when we look in the Bible, we're going to look at a few different uh, verses, starting in Romans, but written by the author Paul, who actually, when you look through the Bible, is one of the most disciplined characters, I believe, in, in the Bible. He was so focused on his mission for God and what he could do, he, he gave up his whole life. It cost him everything to pursue the call of God on his life. And he's so disciplined, and, and I, I read it, and I'm like, this guy was just so focused and crazy on, on what God was doing in his life. And this fly has found me from the first service. It's back. <laughs> Where'd you come from? But in Romans 7, he, he writes this. I don't really understand myself. For what I want to do is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. I want to do what is right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? You can see his, his tension here between what he wants out of life and what he's doing and what he defaults to. And it leaves him in this place of despair, going, what am I going to do about this? And I love that he doesn't leave us hanging there for very long. And he says, thank God, the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but I resonate when I read that with my own life. That there are so many things I want to do. There are so many things I know are right. There are so many things that I know if I do them, they're going to be good for my life. They're going to be good for my family. They're going to be good for the people around me. But so often I find myself sitting there going, but I didn't do it. Or I did this again, or this happened to me again, or I defaulted to this place again. And it leaves you there going, like, what kind of a person am I sometimes? And the reality is, if we try and strive in our own strength at this, we will remain here. This will be the circle that we go around over and over again. But I believe that God doesn't call us to that. Because it says that He delivers us. He is the answer to the solution. That through Christ Jesus, we are transformed to live this wonderful full life that he calls us to. But one of the areas I know I see this play out in my own life is particularly in the area of health and fitness, I'll be honest. Now, you know, the, the tension for me always is that I wanna eat healthy and exercise a lot. And I wanna do lots of things. And, 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 but I always find myself, and you might be surprised having a look at me today, that I don't always seem to eat all that healthy or exercise that much. I know, hard to believe, right? So fit just an athlete. But I find so often, I'm like, this week, it's the weekend, don't worry about it, leave it alone, you know, church all day, just eat what you can, drink as much coffee as you can, but tomorrow, just drink water all day, eat healthy. Monday comes, I'm like, I get up and I have some oats, I'm feeling pretty good. By about 9.30, I'm starving because I only had oats, and it gets to lunchtime, and I'm like, I'll just drive out, I'll get something healthy just real quick. Oh, KFC, how are you? Through the drive-thru. I'm like, I love chicken, chicken's protein. Start justifying it in my mind. And I eat it and I feel terrible. And I'm like, how did I get here? It's okay, what I'll do is I'll go home. And as soon as I get home, I'll attend to my family and I'll put my child to bed and I'll go for a run with the dog. He'll love it. And then I'll come back and I'll water the lawns and I'll clean up this and I'll do my washing and I'll feel better about this and it's okay. Then I go home, I do all those things. And then, not all those things, just the immediate things of family, putting, putting my son to bed, hanging out. I sit down on the couch, and it is over. 
And then I sit there as I'm watching Netflix and I'm like, what a miserable person I am. I said I wanted to do all of these things, yet I'm sitting here eating a packet of chips, feeling sorry for myself. I am a miserable person. This is not what I want, but it is the circles that I'm trapped in because I forget what I want most at the very opportunity that I'm presented with the right now. And it can be convenience over what's more difficult. It can be priorities of time and where to shift them. And it's easy to justify that sometimes. And this is why I did not want to preach on disciplines. But the reality is for all of us, if we think about it, there's things in our life that we wish were different. And sometimes it's not just as simple as making a decision to go, things are going to be different tomorrow. That area of my life is going to change tomorrow. But sometimes we actually need the power of Jesus in our lives to transform us, to get us to where we need to go. And that's just a practical illustration from my own life, but that applies in so many different areas. I want to equip myself better spiritually. I need to read my Bible. Oh, but the TV's just right there and I don't have to read. Oh, I just, I, I want to pursue God's presence more. And then that time comes, I'm like, oh, it's just not a priority. I want to spend more time with my son, so I, I leave work on time to get home and spend time with him, but then I'm not present, I'm just there. Or I want to get more out of my day, so I'm going to get up early and focus on the things I need to, but I just wake up, but don't do them. See, discipline is only as good as what we do with it, if you will. It's no use just making a practical change. There are so many areas of our lives. And it's not about a new me, but it's actually about being transformed by who God is inside of us and taking step by step by step towards who He is making us to be. And that will be different for all of us, but we all have those areas where we know, both practically and spiritually, we need to be disciplined and invest in to see Him bring the best out of us. And that is the difference between our world, I suppose. And, and you know, what I, what I see so often, it's not just Christian people who are like new year, new me. In fact, it's, it's most people that would start the beginning of the year and go, I want something more out of this. The difference is, as followers of Christ, we know what that answer is. And we know where that fulfillment should come from and that calling should come from that he has placed on our lives. You know, Paul continues to write in Corinthians. And he uses this illustration for us in, in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25. And it says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs but only one person gets the prize, so run to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. You know, Paul is using uh, this illustration of, of a race to the, the Corinthian people. And in fact, as he's doing this, he's referring to a race that was well known. It's, it, it was a race uh, and I've forgotten the name of it, and I should have written it down. That would have required discipline. But there's this race that, that was run at the time, a little bit like the Olympics. And these athletes would discipline themselves for this run. They would train. They would eat like broccoli every day. And they would slim down so that there would be nothing to hold them back because they were running for this prize, a prize that eventually will wither away, a prize that will eventually no longer matter anymore but in that moment they strived and they put everything towards winning this race now I feel sorry for athletes today particularly in the 100 meters because you can train as hard as you like but Usain Bolt is just going to beat you anyway and so we know there's only one winner in, in that sprint 
But I love that picture of the athlete that is just so dedicated to running their race, that they train and they work hard and they discipline themselves with the prize in mind. Now, we know that we live a life that calls us not to build up treasure and things that are gonna disappear and eventually fade, but we, we are called to live this life for Christ that is for an eternal price, the prize at the end of the day. And so we should be disciplining ourselves in our life to run this race that he has called for us, that he has called us to, that he wants us to run. You know, I, when I grew up, when I was growing up as a teenager, one of the things I loved to do was, was play football. And I joined this, this football club and, and it was a little bit too far away from me, which was a bad uh, mistake to begin with because it was inconvenient to get to, but I kind of liked it. And what I discovered pretty quickly was that they weren't very good. So the person that kind of brought me down there was like, oh, this guy will come down for a kick, so let's get him in. And what I discovered was that Tuesday night training was difficult. Uh, Tuesday night training was where all the fitness happened. It was where you'd do the majority of your running and, uh, and, and try and build fitness. And because we lost a lot, our coach thought, you know what we should do is just whip them heaps and make them run and they'll get fitter and they'll get better. And so a few of us discovered that Tuesday night training was bad, so we would skip it. And, and, and so what we would do and what particularly I would do was show up to Thursday night training, which was when selections would occur for the team on the weekend. Now, if I'm honest, there wasn't really any selections. It was whatever misfits they could put together. But I thought, selections is on. So I'm gonna go down early, get there before the coach and I'd be standing there practicing my kicking into goals. And uh, my hope would be that he would rock up and, and look at him and go, this guy's pretty dedicated. Look, he's here half an hour before training. And then we'd do ball work and have a great session and select the teams and we'd rock up on Saturday. And you know what would happen is we'd get flogged. <laughs> and our, co our culture and our discipline was not great. But a few seasons later, we had some players come in and they really wanted to win. They'd, had, they'd come from a club that had, had won a lot and they're like, this is what it's kind of gonna take for you guys to win, you need to start showing up to training on Tuesday. So new rule, if you don't show up to training on Tuesday, you don't play. We're like, ooh, <laughs> And so we're like, ooh, you've got us there. So, so we started showing up on Tuesdays and we started getting fitter and, and the culture of our club began to change and we became friends because we, we hung out more than uh, you know a couple of hours a week and we became this great team. And in fact, by the end of our, our kind of age group there, we had won our league. And so we went from being the worst team that literally would never win a game. And that's what would happen. There was a one time we were destined for a win and the team forfeited. And so we're all there dressed going, we're, we're gonna whip these guys and they, they didn't even turn up. Uh, and so we never got a win that whole year, no wins, only by forfeit. And then we went from a place where we supported each other and had good culture and discipline in our lives. And it led us to this preferred future that we knew we actually wanted. And the reason why I share that is because we don't do this journey alone. Our faith is not designed for us to live it out by ourselves. And that's why we gather together on Sundays. That's why we have uh, connect groups. And I love our connect groups because they're about coming together and encouraging each other in our faith and in our spiritual walk. We come together on a Sunday, not just to go through the motions or sing a few songs, but we come to pursue the presence of God as a church. And as we do that, we gather. And I believe that the culture of our lives begin to shift as we spur one another on. You know, there, there can be accountability in things like journey groups as we sit and go, you know, what, what do you want? What do you want most? Let's help you get that by what you do now. And we gather and we work together. And yes, we all run our race during the week. We all have our lives that we live scattered. But we do that knowing that we still do that together. And as there's unity, and as we encourage each other spiritually, I believe that makes all the difference in our faith. We don't run alone. We run together. 
And we should make each other better because we do that in unity with one another. And I just feel like this morning, someone needs to know that, that you're not doing this alone. The struggle is not alone. As you, as you hear that wrestle in Paul, you're not doing that by yourself. But we're doing that together. And so if you're not in a, in a group or you're not connected here, let me encourage you to take that next step and connect yourself to the body and what God is doing in this place. Because I believe it will make all the difference in your life. Is that okay? I want to just stop for a moment. And I want to ask us a question. And this is a great time if you're a note taker to do that. If you're not a note taker, now is a great time to take out your phone. Uh, and I want to encourage you know as many of you to do this as possible. I am saying take out your phone in church. You can put it on airplane mode if you're scared it will ring. But you know we have a, a great app here, the True North online app. It's actually great for note taking. It has a Bible in it. And you can use that on Sundays. You can use that during the week if you want to read and take notes. But this morning I wanted to ask us some questions because I feel like it would be a shame to look at this topic and hear me kind of run my race as I preach because that's what I feel like I do. I run a race while I preach. I talk too fast. I talk too loud. I run around everywhere. And you forget or miss what, what God is trying to do here. And so I want to give us a practical step for a moment for each one of us to do something here. And I want to ask two questions. And the first one is this, is what do you want most? Out of your life right now in this season that you're in, what do you want most? What is that one thing? You might have more than one. Maybe during the week you might want to go over your year and have a look and go, what are the things this year that I want most? But you know what? It's always great to start with one thing. What do you want most out of 2017? And when you've got that, I want to ask you another question, which is this. What do you need to choose now to achieve what you want most? So we have what we want most. We have that thing we're striving for. We know the place that we want to be in, in two months, six months, 12 months, however long that is for you. You know the journey you're on and that preferred future that you have in Christ. But now what do you need to do to choose now? What do you need to choose now, sorry, to achieve what you want most. And that is a great starting point for each one of us. To go, you know what, tomorrow, now I know. What I need to do tomorrow. What I need to do Tuesday. What I need to do Wednesday. Not just to get what I need in the moment or what I want in the moment or what's easiest, but to get me to that place that I so want to be. To not be in that circle of, oh, I wanted that, but I did this. Oh, and then this happened, and then... And being left in that place of despair, but actually going, you know what, I know what I need to do to get there. You know what, you might need to take this to someone and say, hey, I, I'm battling with this. Could you, could you help encourage me? Or, hey, I'm not even sure. I know what I want most, but I have no idea how to get there. Can you help me do that? To commit it to God, to be praying through that during the week, each night. Maybe you're not even sure what you want most. Maybe that's the question you've got to ask God today. What is it that you would have me focus on? What is it? What does it mean for me to run my race to claim that prize? Paul wraps up uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 26 and 27 here, and he says, So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. You know, I love it that Paul doesn't think, oh, if I don't just do what I said I was going to do, someone will think I'm not that great. 
oh, my preaching's not that good because I can't back it up, or I'm not the person I said I was, or look, he's not as good as he thinks he is. His worry is that if he doesn't run this race with purpose in every single step, that someone might miss who Christ is in his life. When he says that my preaching might be disqualified, he's talking about people seeing a representation of him talking about Christ and saying, your life does not match up to that. He's not saying, oh, I need to be perfect so everyone knows that I'm perfect, therefore I represent Christ. But he wants to run it with purpose in every single step. Not wasting a moment, not, not circling around, but living it out the very best he can. Running that race as disciplined as he can so that his life will reflect the Christ that he follows. And that not only will do a great thing in his life, but do a great thing in others' lives as well. And isn't that why we're still here? Is that we want to live the very best we can for Christ because we know that's what we do with our lives. And as we do that, it affects our life and our family's lives. But I believe that it goes further than that and it spreads to others. What a great opportunity we even have just thinking about grand opening next week. To be running that race out in our, in our place and talking about what God is doing in our lives in this place and what God is doing in our church and have that spread to some other people. Purpose in every single step along the way. You know, the thing about discipline is that it can just become the thing that we do. The discipline becomes about ticking the box. The, the discipline becomes the end goal. I'm a disciplined person. I get up every day and I do this and I do this and I do this and it's ordered. I feel like to live like that would be missing the point. I feel like discipline is actually the vehicle that gets us to what we want most, not the end goal. That we use discipline as the, the vehicle to carry us to what we want most. The discipline is just the act of doing today what will get us to where we want to go. But discipline is not the end goal. You can never become disciplined enough. You'll never get it 100% right. You'll never be perfect. So it can't be the end goal. It just has to be the vehicle we travel in to allow us to get to what we want most. I'm gonna invite the team to, to come back up and join us. And, and as they do that in a moment, we're, we're gonna sing another song and we're gonna spend some time in, in God's presence. But I just get a great sense in all this that the one thing that sometimes I keep going back to is that verse in Romans where it says, what a miserable person I am. That sometimes we get caught up on what we're not doing. Sometimes we get caught up on the fact that sometimes in life we fall short. But you know, that's not the end goal of that verse and that's not the end goal of Paul's life and that's not where it finishes. That we shouldn't sit there feeling shameful about what we do and who we are. But in fact, we should remember that Christ is there. That he says, what do I do? Thank God there is Christ in my life. Thank goodness that he sets us free. Thank goodness that we have the hope that we find in Christ. And um, my hope this morning is that you wouldn't be leaving here in the position that I started in when I did this of, oh man, I just fall so short in my relationship with Christ. I fall so short so often in my life of the choices that I wanna make in the comparison to the choices that I do. But you would leave here knowing that there is freedom in Christ, that He calls you to something greater. He calls you to live this life that is full and wonderful and joyful to the point where there is purpose in every single step. And that we know we're not gonna be perfect people, we're not gonna get it right 100% of the time. But that's not what it's about. It's about striving to run that race the very best that we can. So that something great happens in us, but also something great can happen through us. And that prize at the end of the day 
for us as individuals is heaven, that we get to, to go and be with Jesus. But you know what? The, the eternal prize that we're running for is also that others may also receive the same through us. What an incredible privilege that is to know that as we live our lives for Christ, it shines to other people and makes a difference in their world as well. And you know, as we, we wrap up this morning, I'm conscious that for all of us, this looks a little bit different. For all of us, we, we do different things, we're in different places. But as I mentioned before, we are, we are one in the, the body of Christ. And so today, as we, we worship, I wanna encourage you just to be reflecting on who Christ is in your life. But I also, in a moment, wanna be able to open up the front for anyone that wants to receive some prayer for a breakthrough in your life. Maybe there's an area of your life that just needs to be transformed by the power of Christ. And that is the very starting place of where we are. Maybe you're here this morning and you're like transformed by Christ. I don't even, I'm not even running this race that you're talking about. I don't even follow Christ. And this morning you might go, that's the decision that I need to make. I need to make a decision to follow Christ. And it's a bold step sometimes to, to, to make your way to the front. But the reason why I wanna do that this morning is because how often do many of us go, I wanna see a change in my life. I want that new year, new me, but I'm not gonna respond, I don't wanna respond to it. I don't wanna practically do anything. So sometimes it can be a little bit uncomfortable to go, you know what, Christ, I actually need you in an area of my life. And I guarantee you, no one's sitting there looking at who you are and going, ooh, I wonder what's going on in their life. Because it's not always a bad thing. Sometimes we just need the power of Christ in our lives to go, you know what, I just need to be spurred on to run that race. And having someone come and stand alongside you and pray for you and encourage you in that. Or if you're making that decision to follow Christ, it's not one you ever wanna do on your own. You wanna do it with someone else. And we'll have a great staff team and leaders that would love to just stand with you and pray encouragement into your life and breakthrough into your life that Christ would make a difference. But if that's you and, and maybe if that's not you and you're like, I just standing here and know that I wanna run the best race in 2017, I can. We're gonna worship, we're gonna sing this song that, that, that speaks about the atmosphere changing, about heaven coming to earth. And the way that happens is running with purpose. And so as we sing that, I, my hope would be that that would be a de declaration for our church, that we would be a place where we see heaven come to earth, that we see our lives change, but we see others' lives change, that as this grand opening even happens in a week's time, that the prayer we sing today would see that people would come into this place next Sunday just for some bumper cars or whatever it is, but see their life changed by the transforming power of Jesus. This is the opportunity we have every Sunday we gather to touch heaven and bring it to earth as we worship Him. So I'd love us to stand. I'm gonna pray for us and we're gonna begin to, to worship our God. Jesus, I thank You that You call